Welcome to TCN Talks. I'm your host, Chris Como, and the goal of these podcasts are 15 to 20 minutes of relevant need-to-know to help you in your role as a hospice, palliative care, and serious illness leader and team member at all levels of the organization. So our goal is concise and relevant need-to-know for you and your role. And at the bookend of our podcast, always is something to make you think deeper, just about life in general, but also about the topic of our podcast. So I am super excited today. Our guest is Patrice Patty Moore. Patty, is okay if we call you Patty? Hey, yes, Patty, please. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. And Patty is the president and founder of the Watershed Group. So, Patty, I'm super excited to have you here. Why don't you tell our listeners, what do they need to know about you? Hey, Chris, thank you for having me. I love being part of this podcast. So what do people need to know about me? I am a hospice pioneer. I am someone who believes in this movement of caring for people who are at the end of their life. I happen to have a consulting, coaching, speaking business of called the Watershed Group for 22 years and was a hospice CEO for about 15 years here in Gainesville, Florida. So I'm um, mission driven through and through and I'm so happy to be here with you, Chris. Well, it's so special for me, Patty, because you were one of the first leaders I met in the industry. This 25-year-old, starry-eyed, bushy-tailed young man and coming into this industry. And I just, I asked our CEO, Delney, who you knew well, and I'm like, who should I get to know? And you were one of the first names he mentioned, and you were just such a wonderful, gracious, always have been, just great mentor of mine. And you've actually introduced me to a lot of the wonderful people we're going to talk about today. Um, in fact, I want to say one more thing about you, because I think it'll set the table, Patty. Um I've always kind of looked at you as the bridge. And so our title today is going to be an Imagine Locker Room Talk with the pioneers of the industry. And these amazing people you're going to talk about, um, I think, is something that all of our leaders and staff members need to kind of hear from, and especially as an Imagine Locker Room Talk. And what I love about you is I, a lot of these people you're going to speak of, one of them has actually passed on, some of them recently retired, some of them contemplating retirement. And you're that bridge between them and the next generation. In fact, I think you had looked at me at one meeting and you said you're the next generation. Um, and the people we're speaking to in this podcast are the generation after that. And interestingly, Patty, right, they're going to be at probably the most interesting time when the baby boomers, I mean, the largest ever population that are going to be faced with serious illness. So the people we're speaking to today I think they exactly need to hear from these amazing people that you're going to tell them about. So thank you for being with the bridge. And um, why don't you go with the metaphorical locker room talk? That's great, because, you know, I am a Florida Gator and um, I know you're an LSU Tiger and we do go back and forth on SEC. But um, I'm so I'm delighted that you you had the forethought to think about talking about the people that really brought this whole hospice work together. And it hasn't really even been that long. I mean, it's 40, 45 years at the most. And we are at a pivotal time. And if we can bring some of the, the um, values and context of some of the founders and those second people in line for the found, from the founders who have created incredible things and apply those now moving forward, then I have great hope that this incredible work that I've been a part of for, gosh, over 35, 36 years will continue on. And um, so 
I want to talk about five people. But first, the the person that would be the um, uh, who's the famous coach, football coach that um, everybody thinks about. Either Tom, um, I always think of Tom Landry or Bear Bryant, but I, I yeah. know exactly who you're about ready to talk about. <laughs> right. So this is I'm going to start with Mary Labiak. Mary Labiak was a social worker. Um, she was the CEO of Suncoast Hospice, which at one time was the largest not-for-profit hospice in the country. Mary was the not the founder, but she was there about two or three years after. She started in 1982. <clears throat> I started in 1983, so um, we're we're in the same era. <clears throat> Mary always taught me and taught everyone that worked for her or she knew that it's hospice is not just about healthcare. Hospice is about human being care. It's about this whole person, this whole person care. It's about body, mind, and spirit. And I don't think we can ever forget that. We, we get niched into healthcare, but if we only focus on someone's body, body and what their body needs, we're missing the whole point of caring for people at the time of death. She said the, she believed hospice grew because we had the capacity to listen to what our patients and communities needed and build on that. Rather than me telling you what you need, it's listening to what people needed and what people wanted. And I would encourage everyone to go back and look at their founders of their hospices, particularly the, the ones that have been around for a long time, the not-for-profit programs, and even some of the for-profit programs that have been around for 30 or 40 years. What did it take? What did the, the, um, those people go through in order to get the kind of organizations that we have today? So Mary, um, she was my mentor. And I learned so much from her. She died in 2012 after um, about with, with cancer. I keep her picture on my desk every day because I never want to forget how she, she led. And that was always about patients and families first. What do you need? And then let us help you have that whatever that is, rather than we're Medicare, this is what we offer, take it or leave it, um, that kind of thing. She, um, let me just look and see what my other thoughts were about when, her. When you're looking, Patty, a couple of comments that occurred to me is, it's so I, I totally forgot about this. Um, I think it was a meeting you and I were at in the MPHI meeting and someone made us, they gave us these rocks and we went to write something on a rock. And Mary was sitting next to me, and I have that rock on my desk that says the patient and the family. Totally forgot about that, too. You just said it. The other interesting thing, too, that just strikes me, I think that since we're speaking to the people that are going to carry this movement to the next 40 to 50 years, sometimes you don't realize something that's right in front of you and how pioneering it was. And then if you take it for granted, you lose the richness. So the fact that the patient and the family was at the center of this model was revolutionary. Absolutely revolutionary. And we can't lose that going forward in the future. In fact, Patty, we brought an interesting consultant in, and he did this thing called a constellation exercise. I won't bore you with all the details. It's like an unplanned play 
where you try to solve problems your organization is facing. And the biggest aha out of this constellation exercise, like every person plays a different role, but we had the patient and the family. And you kind of move about where the energy of the conversation takes you. And at the end of the constellation, the constellation arranged itself around the patient and family. And we just all felt like, what a profound moment. And people are going, well, really, yeah, patient family is the mission of hospice. But yet there are days when we just see, right, the regulatory, the financial, all the things that that's what we could lose sight of. And so that is such a cool, uh, just potent pearl that we do not want to lose. You are exactly right, Chris. And I think I'm, I'm going to, I did a little uh, Mary design. She always, her organizational chart looked like this. The patient and the family are at the center. She was always about circles, the patient and the family, then it's the care team, then it's the volunteer, then it's management, then it's community. And so often our, our world looks like this. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's not where we need to, we need to focus. I've, I'm a consultant. I work with, you know, leaders, but I never forget that even if I'm three or four or five degrees separation from patients and families, that's who I want to impact. That's who I want to in, in, in um, affect with the kind of work that I do. And so it's really important, I think, for me to make sure that anyone I teach or share with that we remember it is not we're not just about healthcare. We get paid by healthcare, but we are more than that. And those are the things that make a difference in people's lives. And so then I think about Gretchen Brown. And you know, I had some slides from some people and um, of their pictures, and you can slip, slip those in. Yep, but, we will. Yeah, Gretchen was the. Uh, she started in 1982, like Mary did in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And she started with the Hospice of the Bluegrass. Very, you know, urban area. She was committed to serving people in the rural area, just like you are, Chris, in the work that you've done. Very often it's the folks in the rural areas that can't really count on those urban centers to continually give the kind of care. but. But Gretchen did that and she was committed to making sure that no matter where you lived in Hazard or in some of the mountains in Appalachia, you deserved the kind of care just the way someone living down the street did. Gretchen's mission was, um, her saying was, there's no do-overs in hospice. There's no do-overs. And we never can forget that. This is their one patient family's experience. It might be thousands for us, but it's their only one. And some so often, you know, I, I have a nursing background and how many times have we heard um, in team meetings, oh, that family is is just crazy. The, you yep. know, they're a difficult family. Difficult family, but we don't know what they've lived. We don't we're seeing them at sometimes their worst. So um, there are no do-overs. We only get one chance and we have to do, we have to be our best every single time. So Gretchen, um, Gretchen was a social worker and Mary was a social worker and they believed in social change. They believed that we have a responsibility to improve the social fabric of, of this country. And so hospice was their way of doing that. 
Wow. And wow. then, then um, I think about David Simpson, who was the person that took the hospice of the Western Reserve in Cleveland, Ohio, and really took it from a, a small, you know, community-based program. And they too are serving all of um, all sorts of places in a very um, lots of different levels of the city of Cleveland and everywhere in between there. And he wanted to bring the business. You know, when I started, there was not a, a Medicare benefit. It had just been written. And so we were doing this out of the goodness of our heart and, and the goodness of donors who would contribute to the cause of helping people not have to stay in a hospital to die, but have the kind of life that they wanted until their death. So David brought the business side of, of what it takes to um, run an organization and, and melded it with that social, um, social change and the meaning and purpose of what the work was we're trying to do. Patty, just to make a comment on that one, because, you know, again, because I got to know these people and you were instrumental in that. Um, it's interesting because now that you say that about David, I can see that. But then also just for our listeners, I was sitting in a meeting next to David, one of the most profound comments, he made a quote from the Sophie, um, the Sufi, sorry. And I just thought, so this was a guy who was very right brain, left brain. But certainly when you look at the business model and the structure, um, it's amazing to see how Western Reserve now is innovating into the future because of that foundation that he actually. Um, but I also think the same thing about Gretchen and Mary. They were very right brain, left brain people, very creative um, and and certainly then surrounded themselves with people. And of course, you and I live in the world now where it's all about the structure. And maybe that is the wisdom, right, is that creativity, that right brain getting in a different space. And they just they modeled that in such a beautiful way. And one of the quotes. Right. When I was preparing for you and I this morning, I kept thinking, sometimes you have to look backwards to go forward. And I'm just feeling that as you're kind of talking about all three so far. So I'm sorry, continue. No, that's great. And and it's hard for people to imagine today a world without hospice because we just it's part of the fabric. We were we were not traditional healthcare. We were on the edge. We were the 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 people who are doing things in a new different way and so that's the kind of inspiration i want people to have moving forward to take whatever what's the next inspiration to care for the this group of baby boomers who are going to be dying over the next 20 30 years 20 years 20 30 years the next person i want to honor and talk about is christy whitney and she is the uh friend of ours and she is the CEO of Hope West out in Grand Junction, Colorado. Grand Junction is like a little island in western Colorado. The closest city is Denver, and that's five hours drive away. Christy never forgot that it takes a community. It's the whole community has to be engaged. And she said, we're all, um, it takes a community, and we're all in this together. She has 1,600 volunteers. 1600 volunteers and they own the organization they they believe they own it they know they own it and they they treat it like theirs so it's not it's not somebody else's it belongs to the community and christy has never allowed 
people to forget that. She's honored that volunteer component of hospice, which is so unique. And sometimes people just throw in because we have to. It yeah. is part of the heart and soul of what this work is. She's, she's going to be retiring next year. And so um, what she's done is really quite remarkable in that little town in Western Colorado. And then my friend here in Florida, Samara Beckwith. Samara is also a social worker. It's interesting of these, Mary, Gretchen, and Samara have all, have all social workers. <clears throat> Samara Beckwith is um, a colleague of mine. I met her when she was the director, executive director of the hospice in North Dakota, where she was for about eight years. And then she's been down at Fort Myers as the CEO of Hope Health for almost 30 years actually 30 years this year. Wow. Samara is a, she is, as we said earlier, fearless. She is fearless in the, in the dedication to this cause. And she is extremely innovative. Just, um, you know, <laughs> she has created a PACE organization. She's done home care. She's done all kinds of meals on wheels. She's she is an amazing woman. Um, she's an immigrant. Her family was from Lebanon and she was, they immigrated to Ohio. And her story is incredible. And she is um, someone who believes in the American dream and believes that in order to make a difference, we have to make sure that we are engaged in the public policy and engaged in, in government. And so she has been on all sorts of um, forefronts in, the, in local, state, and federal um, issues around this work of hospice. And really, it's thanks to people like her and Mary and Gretchen and Chrissy and David, who were out there on the steps at, at, in, the, um, in Washington, doing everything we could to make sure that this work continues on in the way that in, in in a funding way and then doing the social service work and the mission work in their own communities so it's it's a, a you know it's my honor to honor them i actually interviewed each of them before the year before mary died and i have them on tape and some of their little um jewels and gems and i uh, i use that in my hospice master class that i that i teach awesome and patty we want to go ahead and get a link too whenever we put the final together with the slides i want to get you a link to that master's class you know when i think about in the last three you were speaking speaking of so first off samara because um, i was again a young man when i came into florida and she indeed was fearless and just pushing the envelope of innovation, not for innovation's sake, because it was the right thing for patients and families. And fearless in terms of not worrying about, well, who's gonna get upset about that? And I'll be honest, I still struggle with, well, if we do this, you know, it's gonna accept this group. And she just led the way and was just absolutely fearless. And so I, I so appreciate you saying that about her. And public policy, I mean, talk about a genius. We actually just had a call with her this past week about something in that realm. Yeah. Um, and she just did amazing with that. Yeah. Um, and then I was also thinking about Christy and, and the community, you know, Grand Junction, if you go and visit where that's at, and 
we talk about how leadership is getting a bunch of people pulling in the same direction. And that is what Christy is, is she's an inspiring leader that gets all these other people pulling in the same direction with her and, and then see the amazing things that happen in that community on her amazing campus. And even right now, some of the innovations she is pulling together. And so. Yeah. And well, it's not about her. It's about them. It's about the mission. It's about all of us working together because that's how you get things done. That's well said. Patty, any last words you want to leave any, everyone with as you kind of uh, just kind of close out? Um, hospice is more than healthcare. Never forget that. It's about human care. It's about caring for people, body, mind, and spirit. And I went into this work to ease suffering and empower people. And if we can never forget, that's what we need to do. Ease suffering and empower people. And when we hear family members say, I'm really proud of the care that I gave. I'm really proud of what we did. Then we know we did our job because we supported them to do theirs. Well, well said, Patty. And actually that's perfect because my bookend today just is a perfect segue from what you just said. And when I found this, I thought this would be so perfect for your talk today. And so here's the quote I'm going to leave everyone with. If serving is below you, then leadership is beyond you. Thank you for listening to TCN Talks.